0: the way Saturday, get set for Bugs Bunny's loony Christmas Tales There's lots of ho 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 Then twas the night before Christmas But if the town clock doesn't chime, Santa won't get there in time for Christmas Two original holiday specials you won't want to miss Saturday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain This is CBS Hello everyone, this is Dan, welcome to episode 80 of Eventually Super Train. The short lived TV show podcast. Uh we cover shows that never got enough love. And eventually one day we will cover Super Train. Uh we're on the same uh sort of schedule that we were last time. Two segments on this one. Uh and Erie Indiana uh, had its last um uh produced episode we talked about uh in the in the in the previous one. So um this will be Bourbon Street Beat episode thirty, I think. Does that sound right? I don't know, that that might be wrong. It's episode thirty and uh an episode of eh You'll find out. So We're going to save it for last. So, um, yeah, thank, thank you, as always, everyone, for joining us. And now let's join um, uh, Mitchell and myself discussing Bourbon Street Beat. Bourbon Street Beat. Bourbon Street Beat. Bourbon Street Beat. Starring Richard Long. In New Orleans. Andrew Duggan. In With Arlene Howell and Van Williams. Produced by Warner Brothers. Bourbon Street Beat, episode 30, originally aired May 2nd, 1960, directed by Leslie H. Martinson, teleplay by W. Hermanos, story by Douglas Hayes. In this one. Our good friend uh, Rex is hired on by a gentleman to go to the South American uh, country of San Marco and get back two people. One of them, this guy's daughter, Amanda, and another gentleman named Duke Powell. Duke was accused of killing the man's son and uh, the the man's wife. Uh, his son's uh, wife. His daughter-in-law uh says yes definitely duke powell killed him but duke powell i forget if he was um acquitted or he escaped and he got to san marco where he can't be extradited and amanda went there to try to find some way to bring him back and she's singing at a club that i think he runs called the casa americana and um casa americana and uh so rex is sent there like some sort of secret agent um uh, so, sort of like a, a probe from search but without all the probe stuff uh, going on, if you know what I mean uh, And he is sent down there to bring back Amanda and Duke And bring Duke to justice And of course he gets involved in intrigue And he gets himself into Duke's sort of um, uh, group of friends And it goes from there And we'll talk all about it the, the big thing about this episode though Is is not the actual episode But one of the credited writers which uh, Mitchell will talk about shortly. Let me give you a blast, and uh, Mitchell and I will be on the other side.
1: Urban Street Pink.
0: Last exit. Raoul Raulus. I think that's his name. Silver, gold, guy he's some guy. And, and um, Rex... Goes to and I'm still Mike Cullen Cal. I'm still getting it wrong thirty episodes in sometimes. But um, Rex goes to South America to do something or other, and <laughs> I've got a guy here. I don't know if he's ever been to South America.
1: I I'm not going, but I do. I do something or other.
0: <laughs> He's the king of something or other, ladies and gentlemen. It's Mitchell Hadley. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Mitchell P. Hadley because I don't know his middle name. Mitchell P. Hadley. <laughs> How are
1: you, Mitchell? I am excellent. How are you, Daniel?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I am ready to. <sighs> okay, we're entering another realm of. Uh, I want to say a bourbon street beat, but actually of television at that time. Um so um tell me what you thought of this episode and feel free to give me t- tell me about you know I'm not going to say his name I'm not going to invoke his name <laughs> you you say tell tell me about the episode
1: well um in our last episode you'll remember we bid a fond farewell to Melody who is Uh, no longer on the show and so that was the, even though she's been off for several episodes we have finally, at this show, come to uh, the conclusion that we can acknowledge that she's no longer on the program, but we're starting a new era, and that is the uh, W. Hermanos era. Now if you you have been listening to the podcast since we started talking about Bourbon Street Beat uh, you might remember we briefly touched on W. Hermanos at the beginning of the podcast. W. Hermanos appears as the author of several, many of the upcoming episodes, either a co-writer or a sole writer. W. Hermanos. What does this mean? Well, the joke is that uh, there is no such person as W. Hermanos. It is an alias. And the story behind that is that uh, during the Writers Guild strike, Warner Brothers continued to shoot new episodes of their various series. What they did was they would go back and take old episodes of old shows and slightly re- rewrite the episode to make it conform to this particular show and the cast and the the uh, idea behind So you tweak it a little bit, you put it on the air, and what they used as the nom de plume of these uh, scripts is W. Hermanos. The industry insiders understood what this meant. That was part of the in-joke. The W stands for Warner, and Hermanos is Spanish for brothers. So, So W. Hermanos, Warner Brothers that is um where we where we are so with this inside joke that appears in the credits we're now off into uh this stage of bourbon street beat and um one thing i wanted to uh mention about this as we get started looking at this episode this has a really fine guest cast uh in in this story uh ray danton is uh, Duke Powell, which is a terrific name for yes. a, uh, a a potential bad guy, a casino owner with a past. We'd want him named Duke Powell, and he may or may not be a killer. Um, again... Ray Danton is one of those character actors that if you're a classic TV fan, you're going to recognize him instantly because he was in just about everything, Uh, usually playing the bad guy. And what that means is that he can play very effectively against type. So even though you're 99% sure that he's the bad guy, the fact that he can pull it off, that he's not the bad guy, means that there is some suspense in this episode. As a sidelight, he was uh, married to um, one of our favorites, Julie Adams, a favorite on uh, the Warner Brothers shows, and she's been in Bourbon Street Beat. Uh, He uh, he and Julie Adams were married uh, for 27 years. And so there's a backstory to that. Um, We've also got Madeline Rue in the cast she's the daughter-in-law in this particular story and um you'll remember her um although you would be forgiven if you didn't she appeared in uh the bourbon street beat episode portrait of lenore and she spent most of her time veiled in that episode if you'll oh, recall oh yes but we 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 were very complimentary toward her performance in that and in this episode we get to see her full on there is no no disguise here so you get to see and appreciate madeline rue for who she is um (laughs) and again if you if the if if the name doesn't immediately spark things then you'll remember that she was khan's wife at the end of the original Star Trek episode about Khan. By the oh, time Space Seed, yes, wow, yeah. By the oh, time the, oh, yes. the movie, by the time the movie was made, she was unable to act. I believe she was suffering from uh, MS, and so she wasn't able to act. And uh, the the production people chose not to recast the role. They did not want someone else playing that role, and so they wrote her out of the movie as having died. Which I think. Is a great honor for her, as not it?
0: That's very classy. I, I didn't actually know that, yeah. yeah.
1: And then one other thing that uh, I find interesting, uh, Amanda, the daughter, not Amanda, our uh, uh, podcast friend, but Amanda, the daughter, in this episode <laughs> hey, is, uh, is played by uh, Joan Marshall. Again, you'll recognize her. But um, the fun fact about Joan Marshall is that in the original pilot for the Munsters, she played Herman Munster's wife and oh, wow. uh before the the the,
0: the 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 color 15 minute one? Yes.
1: Wow. And um uh when that was when that was wisely recast and I think no no offense intended to Joan Marshall but uh Yvonne De Carlo is Lily Monster. And Oh yes. Oh so, yes. So um keep that in mind that uh Joan Marshall could have been one of the stars of the monsters but instead you'll have to settle for her performance here as um, Rex's erstwhile client.
0: I think so. So I um, I only vaguely knew of the W Hermanos thing. Uh, Mike uh, had told us about that in the comments, but I didn't know exactly when W Hermanos was going to show up. I've been waiting. <laughs> yes, but, but what, what happened was the moment they send... Rex, I'm still gonna I gotta write Rex down here because I'm still every time I say Rex or Cal, I have to argue with my mind about which is which. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Um, I'm never gonna get it right we're I'm, we're gonna be episode thirty nine I'm still gonna get it wrong um, but Rex, the moment they send Rex to South America, I thought, okay, this is something else because the show these shows are specifically meant to be set in the locales and to suddenly send him to San Marco uh, it, it is like really that doesn't I mean yes he was in Los Angeles and then he was somewhere in the Midwest wherever it was when they did the um, White Heat episode and that the was White... a
1: remake too I, I but, think yeah. you're right
0: yeah but and the, the white heat episode yeah was probably a non w hermanos um episode prob- possibly um uh but that was so much more elaborate mm-hmm. in how it, it it did its its junk in that episode that was that's such a, that's, a, that's almost like a that that's like i know aberration is not a good thing but can't you have like aberration with like ice cream or something you know it's it's just like a yummy aberration that's what that was because when I think of that episode now I think uh, that was like episode 12 or 13 that was a charmer to me Um, now I will say my thoughts on this episode are I liked it I didn't think it was a Bourbon Street Beat episode they're doing their best to pretend like it is but the way they send him down there and he's almost like um, there's a moment in it geez i wish i had the oh it's it's where um rex calls the guy who hired him and uh, there there's a bit of information that the guy didn't tell him i forget what it is and rex says something like why would you hire an agent and not give him all the information and i thought well, Rex, he didn't hire an agent. He hired a private Detected, detective. yes. And so that moment is like, okay, that's a line that someone should have rewritten or amended in some fashion. And so I don't know. Um, the, the episode, it's it's teleplay by Hermano, story by Douglas Hayes. And Douglas Hayes, I know best for directing several great episodes of um, Twilight yes. Zone and also writing tons of stuff. And I actually tried to hop on IMDb and see if I could find what episode of a show this was. After about 15 minutes, I stopped. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, I wasn't going to, I wasn't, I wasn't that interested actually <laughs> in what it was. It, it seems to me, it seems to me almost like, uh, like, um uh, I, I, I don't know if there was a, a show like this. I feel like I've seen a show like this parodied on, I on, on, uh, heard it parodied on like a Bob and Ray um, radio show in the fifties or something, but with like a secret agent <laughs> being sent to a foreign country and something happening, you know, like um almost like a syndicated show, like a like a Soldiers of Fortune or um, a Birds or was Highway Patrolman syndicated? I don't know, but you know those shows yes. in the fifties that mm-hmm. yeah those shows in the fifties where they made tons of episodes and they were syndicated. I almost feel like this is one of those about a secret agent being sent to a South American country to try to stop this. And in the original episode, it it ends in the South American country, but because this is Bourbon Street Beat, for the last like seven or eight minutes, they move it to New Orleans, and it ends up feeling very incongruous. I think the moment it arrives in New Orleans, um, because <laughs> and I I can't we we're not going to spoil it, but there, there's like a scene with 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 Rex and Kenny where they interrogate a guy, where it seemed to me it seemed kind of inappropriate the way they were interrogating the guy it, it, the, the way they were questioning him was the way they would have questioned someone who had kidnapped Melody not some jackasses you're, you're that they right. were hired and, and and so 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 there is a feeling like they, they wrote the episode up to a point they were like oh gosh you know we should probably try to incorporate this into the actual like location that it's supposed to be in and so they put instead of instead of the ending being in South American country, suddenly it's like these two people who couldn't return to New Orleans for ages suddenly decide, up oh, now's the day, and they go up there and they do it. So I I I, I don't think the episode is a Burberry Street beat episode, but I did enjoy it up until that point where I thought, okay, you're you're pandering to me right now, and I see that you're doing that, and a couple moments are okay. Um, but I, um, I like, Kenny is a little too violent for me in that that, that interrogation yes,
1: scene. Yes,
0: yes. And, and, yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think of that? I a
1: yeah. to that effect, too. Well, okay. it's a different Kenny. And um, and one of the things I was trying to speculate on, if, if this show had the kind of serial type continuity from episode to episode, we would be wondering if we were seeing a new grown-up tougher Kenny because he's he's got a suit and tie on or at least he's got a sport coat and a tie on but he's not dressed as the college student here and when he and um and Rex are going to do this interrogation there's a scene there there is a scene within the scene where Kenny gets up and walks around the table where the guy they're going to interrogate is sitting and he walks up and goes behind him and in doing so loops his right arm through the guy's right arm so that he's got a hold of one arm rex has a hold of the other arm and they drag him off that way into the back room where the interrogation proceeds yes. and that's a very uncanny like move it's it's I, I i enjoyed it actually because its sh- it's a it's a it's a tougher more mature Kenny, as I said, but it is an atypical kenny and just skipping ahead for a moment to subsequent episodes, I think w- we can say that it is not necessarily a mark of character development that he's becoming tougher and wiser and more experienced, but it is it's something that services. The script as we have it yes. here, and um, and I think I think you're right. Overall, this is an episode that tends to have a more serious tone than Bourbon Street Beat usually has. There there, it's mostly just a Rex episode. You do bring uh, bring in others later on at the end, as you were suggesting, but for the most part, it's Rex. And there isn't any of the conviviality that you usually get from Rex because he has no one to play off of. And so the episode has a more serious tone that, again, is not not necessarily a bad thing. It is different, and it's not what we're used to from Bourbon Street Beat. And I think as you have... Put it into context, given the Hermanos episode, the, the the origin of it, and what we know about this, and how the other trademarks of the episode. We shouldn't be surprised that this is one of them. And as I say, not not bad, just different.
0: Yes, yeah, I I think I think at the end of the day, I didn't um, I I definitely wouldn't put it on my list of favorite episodes. But if if the Hermanos Episodes are going to uh, distort the show. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, I don't know how long they go on during the show. I don't know if they go to the end. I don't know when the strike ends. I um, but um, if they're going to sort of bend the show in ways, this one most of the time isn't done badly. I, I don't. I, I guess at the end, I don't mind seeing Kenny being a bit tougher. Um, I think it's just like seeing him in the past, like three episodes, just standing with attractive women and and just kind of like trying to you know you know touch them as much as he can pretending they're secretaries that that doesn't quite match with the suddenly he's this tough guy who's dragging people around um, yeah the kind that, of
1: you know you'd, you'd better tell him what he wants to know fella you don't want to get rex mad that kind of kenny that gets uh, that's new
0: Yes, yeah, the sort of the sort of sidekick who would pop up occasionally in like a detective show or something like that who would come in and be like he's mm-hmm. he's my strong arm. You know, he he's helping me yeah. out. It's like Ken Kenny? What? Kenny? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Soul <laughs> to soul, heel to come on, get out of here. But um
1: our but, Kenny. but, but I,
0: yeah, our Kenny, yes, but but I will say yeah that um um uh overall it's yeah, the only problems I have, like I said, with this episode, I find the, um, I find the, uh, uh, yeah, the the closing sequences in Bur- in New Orleans to be a bit odd, sort of time wise. I just feel like it's like could, they should have just ended in South America if if they had it there, and and I don't. I feel like Rex is suddenly in, I don't want to say he's in an episode of Soldiers of Fortune, which is a show that I really love, because they they weren't quite like that in Soldiers of Fortune. But um, he he feels like he's in a, well, you know what, I love Doctor Who, and one of the things they always say about Doctor Who is that the best Doctor Whos are when the Doctor suddenly appears in someone else's show. You know, and he's suddenly in in yeah. in this show, and he's in a different place, and he has to. So so I'm not going to argue with this one. I uh, it's 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 not the best, but for being something made during a writer strike, where someone who maybe wasn't a writer took an old script and <laughs> adapted it, eh? It's worth watching. I think. <laughs> I I think it definitely. Yeah. Well, what else do you have I on agree. this one?
1: well there's 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 an interesting scene that i quite liked and um just to give it a little bit of background we've got um rex in the guise that he is in while he's investigating this case has ingratiated himself with duke and he's now on on duke's payroll and um they're having they're having a discussion about about something I, again, I don't want to go into too much detail because it starts to give away too much of the plot. but the point of it is that uh, Duke starts Duke who is known as a very difficult man to get close to and he, uh, Duke's uh, inamorata does says that, that you know, he, she can't get him to talk, talk about things, but there's a moment where Duke kind of opens up. To Rex, and actually tells him pretty straightforward some of the things that he doesn't talk about, and it's very interesting byplay between the two of them. That you know, I can understand the idea that Rex is a man that would make you kind of open yourself up to him. You trust him, yep. you can rely on him, and you you value his if not his feedback at least his ability to listen but i think you want him to know some of these things too and what i asked myself at that point not knowing who the killer is not knowing what the resolution to the story is my question was is he's made himself vulnerable and and he does that later on with another character as well and the question becomes is that the act of an innocent man or is it the act of a guilty man who has a fatal flaw and the 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 um the power of of an actor a character actor like ray danton is that he has the ability as i said he so often plays the bad guy that he when he plays against type it's very effective because it keeps you guessing and this is an example of what what i've meant you can we can be talking about this and we can be talking about him opening up and yet you can't know whether that tells you that he's innocent or convinces you that he's guilty
0: I I think if if this is the first of the scripts they chose for W Hermanos, God bless you, sir, or madam, whoever you were. Um, <laughs> th- I think this this was, and I don't know where they. Like I said, I I wasn't I I wasn't I I I, I like to be surprised. So if someone listening, Mike, if if you know who what this script is from. Uh, and I'd love to know if it was like from like some strange jungle series well, Soldiers of Fortune did that. But um, I think it, as at choosing a script for this show to repurpose for this show, this is a good one. I don't know why they didn't set it in the vicinity of New Orleans or New Orleans I don't know at what point when we talk about Burberry Street Beat do I get to say that without sounding like an idiot I don't know but um, New Orleans <laughs> New Orleans um, but but I think I think this script I think about seven. like I said I, I, or I think 75% of this script works well for the show um, and the bits that don't eh you know it's okay. I don't think. I don't think folks watching this in where are we? Like April of nineteen sixty. I don't think folks watching it then would have noticed. Uh, they. I think they would have had no. a good time. Yeah.
1: So I it's think so tough. too. With that. Yeah. That's what I would say t- to wrap up my viewpoint of it is that uh, I'll say something that I have said about a few other episodes it's it, it it's not a great episode it's a good episode would it keep you from becoming a fan of the show no would I ch- would I choose this as the first episode to show somebody no but if you're getting into the series is this going to dissuade you from watching the other episodes no not at all
0: Agreed. So let's let's wrap this one up because the last episode we talked about we went off into realms of craziness. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna <laughs> let let's end this let's end the first W Hermanos episode with Mitchell. If you don't have anything else, because I think I'm good. Um,
1: I am too. What do?
0: You, Yay! Uh, uh, where 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 are you? Are you okay? Is Mitchell okay? I need to
1: find out about Mitchell. Is he all right?
0: No, uh, Mitchell. Are you okay? Where are you? Where can we find you online?
1: I'm okay, and you're okay, and um, <laughs> oh. you can find me ge- you can find me generally in Minneapolis, but specifically you can find <laughs> me on the web, on the World Wide Web at it's about The name of the uh, website. Coincidentally is, it's about TV, and even more coincidentally... It's where I write about TV. So um, I write about classic TV and its uh, relationship with American culture, American historical culture, and pop culture. And um, in a world of coincidences, that is also the subject of my latest book, The Electronic Mirror, which you can uh, find out about on the website, and if so inclined. And please, please, please do this. Please buy a copy and help a starving author.
0: I've been a fan of Mitchell's (laughs) for a few years now, and um, I hope he's not starving, because we've got another nine episodes (laughs) to do. And I hate Um, to do the last three or four in, in, in... I hate to do the last three or four in memoriam,
1: uh, I'm but if i if... inventory of my body right now and I'm not starving, can... yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I was gonna say I was gonna say if you if you pass, get someone to take a little memento mori of you, and I'll put it up on the site, and it'll be wonderful. Uh, but that was that was episode thirty, right? That was episode thirty, wasn't it? Holy. I was going to say holy Time mackerel, to go. but I didn't, want to go into, I didn't want to go into Amos and Andy territory. Um, but I'll say <laughs> holy mackerel. That's crazy. 30 episodes. So next up... Better weird than dead. Okay, folks, I know what you're thinking. Hey, Dan, we're starting a brand new show. Everything is exciting. Everything is great and wonderful. Not quite. Not quite. And what, what might clue you in as to what's happening right at this moment is that I have a guest here. Guest, would you please say hello? Hey Dan. Hey, do you know do you know who that was, everyone? I'll give you three seconds. You you got it. It's Amy the Conqueror. Amy, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here again. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. You guys exhausted all the Voyager stuff, didn't you? Yes, we did. We even covered that very strange Voyagers into the unknown. Was that the name of that? We sure movie? did. Yeah. Yep. We yep. sure did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just found my copy. Like uh, I, I misplaced it. I found it like a month ago, and I, I watched it, and I was like, this is really made by people who don't understand how the show worked at all. Exactly. But, <laughs> what, what are you going to do? But we are here because... Ear indiana went off the air in april 92 i think april 93 um and but what happened was at the end of 93 i think it was 91 92 92 ah, why it doesn't matter but just i would say a, a year to a year and a half later it aired on the disney channel and when it aired on the disney channel on i believe december 6 1993 an episode aired called broken record which i believe was the first fifth one they made and I think because of the order of the way they were showing everything and the fact that they sort of retooled the program to make it, you know, with the dash X portion of it Um, by time they, they got to the point where like, okay now we need to show Broken Record, they were like, it doesn't fit the format anymore, so they never aired it. So the original airing of Air Indiana was 18 of the 19 episodes. The 19th episode, actually the fifth, didn't air until a year and a half later, and I know what you're saying. Why do not you guys cover this earlier? Because it would make more sense if it was in context. Leave me alone. We're going by broadcast <laughs> order. Everybody, come on. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. So, so now we are talking broken record. What I'm going to do right here is I am going to turn the show over to me for a minute. I'm going to give you a little plot breakdown, and then I'm going to bring the show back to me and Amy, and we're going to discuss it. Dan, you want to take over? Thank you, Dan. It's one last episode of in Indiana, everyone. The Broken Record, directed by Todd Holland, written by Jose Rivera. Aired December 9th, nineteen ninety three, and we'll 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 talk about this, or or we just talked. I forget. Did we just talk about it, Dan? I, he can't answer me. He's in another dimension. He's in he's in that other Erie, Indiana show right now. What is it? Eerie, the other dimension. There you go. Um, but the the basic uh, story behind Broken Record is that you meet uh, Todd, who is a friend of Marshall's and, and Simon's. Uh, a kind of nerdy, shy guy. Um, his parents lost their farm recently, and his dad is taking it very badly and is constantly um, verbally abusing um, Todd there is a band uh, called oh geez now I'm for we, we mentioned the band a thousand times so there's a band pitbull surfers I believe uh, who do goofy dumb punk metal stuff and Todd really uh, buys their album uh, and plays the record and really gets into it and um, becomes a punk and and wants to um, find out where the uh, surfers are at and join their group join the roadies and whatever which is making uh, his dad even angrier and angrier and his dad thinks there is something going on with the record possibly some backward masking some satanic stuff happening there could be Todd's acting weird and the dad's just getting worse, and Marshall and Simon have to try to find a way to stop it. Dan? Amy? Please. Thank you, Dan. All right, so that is the the basic plot breakdown of Broken Record. Amy, what did you think of the official, I guess, last broadcast episode of Erie, Indiana, Broken Record?
2: Eh, you know, this one wasn't great for me. It was uh, a little more mean-spirited than I'm used to for the show. Mm. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a good enough episode, but if they're gonna leave one out, I can see why they would leave this one out. Yeah. Honestly.
0: Yeah, I I um, it, it I I watched it twice, and it it was it was a weird weird one because the first time I watched it, it must have been my frame of mind or something because the first time I watched it, it was like, ooh, this is like this is a little rougher than the show normally is. But then the second time I watched it, it really grabbed me. Now I don't know if the third time I watch it, I'm going to go no, no, I'm <laughs> I'm tar-. But but I think it's I think it's one of those things. I just had to be in the right frame of mind, and it got me. But the other and, and two after all the dash X episodes, going back to the way the show was, does feel strange. And the twins come up again. Yes. Now they're they're like paramedics or, or yes. EMTs or something <laughs> like that. Wow, these guys can do everything. I mean, it's literally they were young so long. Now they're doing everything. Um, I will say the. Uh, I I think the thing for me, in the in the second time through, the thing for me that made, the episode, is the final revelation of what's on the album when you play mm-hmm. it backwards. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't see that coming at all the first no. time I watched it, and the first the first time it happens, I was like. Oh, okay. That's that's a that's a good one. But the second time, I don't know if I was feeling a little down, you know, feeling sorry for myself about something. But it that really like hit me. I will we'll spoil that in a minute. What happens? Like like I said, there's something going on with the record. What is it? The Pitbull Surfers. Um, and uh, so yeah, it's it's a strange episode. Certainly not, pardon me, a favorite of mine. Um, but when watched in one frame of mind, I loved it. When watching another frame of mind, I thought, average, average episode. Okay. So, yeah, by um, my
2: second viewing, I was like, I like this even less.
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
2: Okay. And there was, yeah. I mean, there was definitely parts of it I, I enjoyed. I liked the side story with um, Marshall's sister.
1: Yes, I mean, finally that was she got something to do.
2: And the weird cop, he was, you know, just random. Um, and I liked Simon, you know, constantly singing the bad Adult oh, contemporary music or yep, whatever yeah. he was <laughs> singing, and but yeah, overall it just yeah it was a downer for me this whole thing. I guess I wanted more like um, Trick or Treat from you know <laughs> the 1980s. If you're gonna do a, a yeah. possessed record, then that's know, a good
0: yeah that's uh, that's yeah.
2: that's what you gotta follow. So oh, yeah. maybe because I watched that recently and I wanted that to to be more of what the story went to, though mm-hmm. so yeah. I understand why it's not. But.
0: yeah is is the, what, what's the name of the the rocker in um in trick-or-treat like tom oh uh, no, um no it's, it's um, not a great great name uh jeez oh,
2: sammy's uh, sammy. sammy curry
0: sammy, yep. yes 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 uh, fun movie um yes uh yeah it's uh yeah i mean it, it's um it, it I, I guess the thing with the episode yeah is that um i mean it is a lot of uh an angry depressed desperate dad just verbally abusing his son for ages relentlessly like it's yeah
2: yeah it it just it it's not a feel-good one (laughs) no no um like and and, i mean that actor does a great job because i really feel like that guy hates that kid yeah
0: yeah yeah i really i really (laughs) felt that too yeah um i uh i forgot what i was gonna say oh um there there's I, I will say the f- the first time i watched this i thought and i again on uh, my horrible research i thought the kid was the kid from the kid with glasses from bloody birthday and who's that's exactly also,
2: what i
0: thought yes yes who who was also the 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 killer kid at the beginning of x-ray hospital massacre yep uh who hangs the kid up on the um the coat rack or something like that. I thought, "Oh my god, it's him." But then I thought, "Wait a minute, this is 10 years later yeah. and he was like 13 <laughs> unless he's like Gary Coleman or Manuel Lewis, then then um, you know, he he should be much older." Yes.
2: <laughs> That's and, funny. I thought
0: the same thing. Yeah. Um it's 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 a slightly odd episode. Well, maybe it's a very odd episode. I don't know because it has those moments with the verbal abuse which are not nice at all. Mixed with like a wacky milk truck crash, yeah. um, mixed with with the scene with I, I didn't I didn't quite know how to take it although I did it was it was uncomfortable but I saw what they were doing with it just the scene where the first time the dad yells at the son and the son storms out and the mom is there saying why do you keep doing that why do you keep doing that and then they both turn and Marshall and Simon are just hi I'm Marshall <laughs> this is Simon we're gonna go. And I could see that that's kind of like we're trying for some a little bit of comedy or levity to break up the tension. But it was also like, that's a terrible thing <laughs> to yeah. see. I mean, I remember encountering that occasionally when I was a kid in yep. other kids' houses. And that's like, you want to run, run, run yep. is what you want to do. Um, uh, yeah, it is. It, it, I think it was just, for, for me, it was just kind of weird hopping back into the show like this, um, mm-hmm. just just because there is such a such a change in the way the show uh, goes. I mean, it's more, um, it's almost more as as it gets near the end with dash X and stuff. There's stuff in it. It almost, in some respects, become almost more sci-fi mm-hmm. than like the horror or the yeah, uh, which isn't which isn't a bad thing, you know. It's just just another thing, but still weird. Yeah. Um. What What else do you have? Do you have what what um uh, oh can I point out uh, uh, I, I don't normally spot uh, continuity errors it's just not my thing I just don't really I pay attention but it doesn't really sometimes you'll see it with like cigarettes or f- eating food um, yeah. uh, but but this one and and this one we had mentioned in the previous um, discussion how um, yes it's true the mom is hot and there's a moment in this one where they're waiting for Cindy to come home and she's in her bathrobe and she sits down, and they're both sitting on the chair, and you could see them from sort of like, sitting on a couch, and you can see them from sort of knees up as they're sitting there. And at the beginning of the scene when Cindy comes in, Mom's kind of, and I'm not, I don't, this is not meant to sound pervy, but Mom's <laughs> robe is kind of open, and you can see her legs. Yes, I, and, I, I and, remember this actually. Yeah. And, 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 and Cindy comes in, starts talking, and it keeps cutting back to that one sort of master shot of the two of them. But then half of the shots, her legs are completely covered by the bathrobe. But then, like, a shot later, her legs are... And unless she's sitting there, like, getting really nervous, shifting the robe around or something, that's a continuity error. And I only spotted it because I'm a perv. I apologize, (laughs) everyone. What what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's see. uh, What what else do you have for this one? I'm going to do a scan of my notes here.
2: Yeah, I mean... Uh, I guess the... I couldn't figure out what they were saying, the Pitbull Surfers themselves. It was something lobotomy. I couldn't get that first word. Do you know what was, they were uh, saying?
0: Oh, eardrum.
2: Eardrum. Okay, because I'm like, I don't know. I guess I don't have the best hearing because I was like, I can't figure out what they are saying.
0: The thing I like about the Pitbull Surfers is that um, – you could see sort of the the different ways, like when you're a kid, and maybe even now that you listen to like stuff like metal or or things like that, which is clearly, you know, it's like Pitbull surfers. They um, my first thought was the Butthole Surfers, but they they look more like like Man of War. The is it, is that the <laughs> right band? Is that the band I'm thinking of? The really goofy um. Uh, is that them? I I forget the name of the band. I think that's the name of the band. They're really goofy, like mega buff guys who are yeah always singing about the Viking stuff and things like that. I think that's the name of the band. If I got it wrong, I apologize. <laughs> that's but but that's kind of what they the oh, the the image looks like on the cover of the Pitbull Surfers, and I love it how um that uh, Marshall just loves them because they're so dumb. But the friend there, whose name I should have written down, Todd. Todd, yep. Todd, um, Todd really like they're speaking to me, man. They're speaking to me, and then he becomes this crazy punk, looking a bit ridiculous. Yes. And, <laughs> and then I, I, like how it's like, um, <laughs> like Simon, they're getting ice cream, like Simon and Marshall are getting ice cream, and there's there's a great bit during this this one scene where like they're just there trying to convince Todd not to leave. And go to Indianapolis to join the Pitbull Surfers, and they're just there with their big ice cream waffle cones <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Um, but but I do like that. There's the, there's this the, the moment where um, Marshall, come out here quick! It's Todd and he's in trouble. And what was Todd doing?
2: Hit <laughs> yes, next to a parked
0: car. Yeah, yes. He was. <laughs> near near like a, um, a a bus bench ad that said something like bait shop and sushi bar or something like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm gonna spoil the ending, which I thought was quite. Um, I thought it's 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 um it's 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 interesting because I I think I think the ending I really really liked the ending, but it's also almost a little too much in the in the because what it is is the the implication is that um, you know the pitbull surfers have something backwards some backward masking on their album. And this is what's affecting Todd. And throughout the episode, you know, you hear the dad yelling and yelling and yelling. And finally, the dad with the cop there and uh, Marshall and everyone else says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna play this backwards, and we're gonna hear what you're hearing, and we're gonna hear how this is rotting your mind." And then he starts to play it backwards. And at first, you just are kind of, like, and then you start to hear if there is stuff on it backwards. And when you play it backwards, all you hear is everything the dad yelled at Todd throughout the episode. And there's sort of a gradual moment in the episode where everyone kind of like backs away from the turntable, and the dad just kind of goes lower and lower, and he gets this look on his face like, holy crap, I'm awful. What have I done to my son? And then he and the son make up, and the cop is crying, and um, I I think I did not see that coming at all. I thought no. there was going to be nothing there. Honestly, I, I thought there was just going to be the dad going crazy. But the moment you realize that, if it's a haunted turn—I mean, it's like—is it from the Friday the Thirteenth shop? I—I I don't know where this turntable is <laughs> right. from. But but yeah, it's 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 literally—he was hearing apparently he was hearing backwards the uh, and and I, yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting because you know. Well, actually, I found it very interesting. I, 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 like I said, I didn't see that that being what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that that is like, I thought I very effective, and also very sad. But hopefully, the their relationship will get better. And then it all ends with um, Simon singing some more um, The Carpenters. Yes. And you know, <laughs> you can you can you know jump off that bridge when you get to it. Um, car- <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how sincere Simon is when he yes. says, "Listen to this. We've only just begun." to live <laughs> and i looked it up and we've only just we got that was um that song was originally written for a commercial for a bank really <laughs> and it's uh it's uh paul williams
2: ah he wrote and everything his,
0: so he wrote it yep yep and he and it was originally written yeah for like a bank commercial that shows i think it's like a couple like uh in a recording and then engagement, getting married, and then beginning their financial life through this bank. And I guess the, the story goes that um, uh, is it Richard Carpenter knew Paul Williams? And I think Paul Williams sings on the commercial. And they were, like, on some lot together or something. We saw him. And he said, hey, I heard that song you wrote for that bank commercial. I loved it. I'd love to record it. Is there more than just, like, the verse and the chorus? And he said, oh, yeah, it's a complete song. We just used part of it. So they gave him that. Th- and it was a huge hit for the Carpenters. And, like I said, to me, I want to eat a bag of razors whenever I hear that song. And yeah. that, that yep. the, <laughs> the Carpenters drive me up the wall and down again. So, but but Simon's so sincere. What and like whether as as things are getting worse, it's like how do we help Todd? How do we help Todd? We've only just begun <laughs> to live, and I love the moment where uh, Marshall just smacks him, yeah, like gives, hits him in the arm, which is great. Yeah, it's a weird episode because it's it's another one written by it's it's um uh, it's uh, it's I was going to say Jose Schaefer. It's, <laughs> I believe it's it's a Jose Rivera episode. So so this is one of the, and I know I think they write less and less, fewer and fewer as the show went along, I feel... No, that's not right. They didn't write the last few, I don't think. But, uh, so, so like, whenever I, like I've said before, whenever I see one of their names as having written it, I like to think sort of like, this is kind of like what we want to do with the show mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and I could see like going darker in some episodes. Um, I don't know that it fully works, but, um, I guess, I guess that's the, that's the way I'll critique uh, this one is that maybe... In the context, like if, if if it was watched, like if you watched it like fifth, maybe in the vicinity of the episode with uh, Danielle Harris, mm-hmm. you, you, it might be a little um, it might be a little uh, make a little more sense. But out of, out of context, after all the goofy dash X episodes, and especially after the, the last one set in you know at NBC Studios, uh, this this um, yeah this one ends up just feeling. Uh, I'm half and half on it. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, uh, gosh, yeah. Do you have anything else on this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do one more final Eerie Indiana note scan. Here I go. Scanning, scanning.
2: Yeah, I, I don't really. I think we covered it pretty much. Um, the only thing yeah. I could think of is, at some point, uh, when they're talking about the Pitbull surfers, uh, Marshall mentions like that. They they sing about Nazi stuff and I'm like yes that I didn't hear anything about that in their music and why would Marshall listen to that in the first place? Yeah, yeah that does seem because <laughs> he strange. was all into yeah. it at first, like you know. Yeah. So that yeah, gives I, me, I'm like nah, that doesn't seem to fit with what's going on here.
0: <laughs> that, yeah, that doesn't seem to quite fit the like the um. The song we hear either, which is very much, a, you know, your parents don't care yeah. about you kind of kind of song, which is is pretty standard.
2: Exactly. So, so I was like, is is that, are they that. just generalizing? Like, punk music must be Nazi stuff, or I don't know. T- <laughs> no, yeah, I
0: don't know. T- yeah. Thought it was weird, so I wrote that yeah. down in my notes, like. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I did wonder about that too. I thought maybe uh, I should take a closer look. Maybe the album cover there's something. It was
2: just, all uh, I could see swastika. was Pitbull slash human people surfing.
0: Yes, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see. It and was kind if, of similar. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm wondering too if it's um if it's uh, maybe that was something uh, from like a previous draft or something that got yeah. left in. Yeah. C- cause that, cause it's, it's mentioned because, it c- cause that's the thing is he goes, Marshall goes throughout saying, Oh, they're just, they're just this dumb band. And they're, d-. I do like, I put on my copy of um, the Pitbull surfers live at Carnegie Hall, yes. which I thought was a very funny, <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, the, but there is something about that line, which, cause he's already uh, made it very clear that, you know, I just think they're dumb. You know that's why I'm not going to go to Indianapolis with you, Todd. I just think they're a dumb band and they're just fun to listen to and yell to. But then there's that that Nazi line is like, where did that come from? Yeah, that's, Nazis that doesn't, aren't
2: that, fun. I mean, as far as Nazis, I know. So, not
0: not, know. not 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 from what I know. Yeah, um, not what they're known for. So yes, that's not their thing. Um, but yeah, that that yeah, that was a moment. Um, let's see. I'm just gonna like I said, doing the final scan here. Oh, Marsh, and go to Indianapolis. Um... And there is, the, there is the thing, I didn't know if to, if to get depressed by this line or not, but it was something like when he's yelling at, when Marshall's kind of, Marshall's not quite yelling at Todd. I don't want to say everyone's yelling at Todd because the mom is very, the mom is very sympathetic. But I, they, they say, yeah, like the, they lost their farm. And where was their farm? They're living in a house in the middle of yeah. Erie. I thought, I thought we'd go to a farm. That would make um, more
2: sense. <laughs>
0: you would think, I mean, maybe maybe it, 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 they lost their farm as in, like, Bureau of the Lost. They lost their farm. Uh-huh. Instead of, like, they, they woke up one day and they were living in a suburban house, you know, and there <laughs> was no farm there. Uh, but but there is the moment where Marshall says something like, you know, hey, you know, Todd, you know, you can't just follow this ban. This is just some dumb ban. You know, your dad's your life. And I don't know if that was the right phrase for marshall to use regarding todd and his dad at that moment right because that that struck me as a very depressing thing to say yes it was, it was a pretty
2: depressing episode it
0: <laughs> kind of is yeah kind of is um
2: uh
0: let's see uh yeah i think that's about all i have to open the door yeah the the cop listens to (laughs) montavani i do i do okay i will say this and i say this and i think i'm i think i'm done with this one we didn't have much to say uh, as much to say about this one folks because i think i feel like for me i i don't i don't know did i say this earlier did i say this the last episode i don't know what's going on but i don't go back and watch previous episodes i watch in order as we're talking here so i haven't watched one of the early episodes in months right so so this kind of put me back there but not fully, and so I, I'm yeah I'm wondering if 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 we mixed it in like where it should have been if it, if it would it would work better. But um, I will say the last thing I, I I have, and then we'll we'll officially wrap up here in Indiana uh, is I I don't know if you had this thought, but I did that. So 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 Cindy um, is is yeah she's traveling with the cop and the family's worried, and at the end she says you know what. It's, it gets a bit rough. She got, there was like a, a, a brawl at a bingo parlor <laughs> and there were like dentures everywhere or something like that. Um, and, uh, but in the end she says, I've got a brand new assignment. I'm, I, I you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. I've got something else I want to do. And the last you see of her is her on a fire truck with the sirens and lights going, driving away. And all I could think of was the movie wreck. Oh, uh, with, yeah. <laughs> and all I could think of was, please don't let her be going to the middle of the city <laughs> to some apartment building. Uh, no, because that gal in wreck, she—I don't want to spoil anything—but she went through hell and back. Oh yes, she did. And, oh yes, yeah, she. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, she did. And so, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, so that was my my final sort of. I guess that's the more or less kind of the last moment. Uh, no Marshall comes in for for one more brief moment, but that's kind of the last big moment of the show as it were mm-hmm. it's kind of not really um but uh yeah so that's yeah that's uh, oh gosh please no cindy no 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 okay <laughs> so uh thank you again for coming back for this one amy i no problem yeah yeah i i kind of um like i don't i don't hop ahead because i don't like to um i like to be surprised by shows i haven't seen and so i kind of didn't know this was happening so Yay! Thanks, thanks for joining me. And one more time, where can we find you online?
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at amy underscore the underscore conqueror.
0: Yay! Pitbull surfers forever. My dog <laughs> is looking at me like I am nuts. I don't, she, he's not a pit bull. He's a what are you, George? Heaven East, and he's just a little guy. He's a little terrier kind of guy. Um. So uh. Uh. Yeah. So that's the end of Erie, Indiana, everyone. Sorry to play a little trick on you there. But next. Uh, episode we do have a brand new old show beginning and now let us go on to this all right everyone thank you for listening and that was the honest to goodness end of Erie, indiana unless of course we cover the other dimension or the next dimension or whatever it's called but that's a whole different thing Ah, uh, thank you everyone for listening to the show as always uh where can you find us let's see at E super one on twitter adventure super train on facebook you can email me danny slacks d-a-n-n-y s-l-a-c-k-s at yahoo.com Let's see what else is going on oh eventually super Train Blogspot.com. uh yeah we're here there and everywhere and, and yeah the, the next episode uh which will probably be the last one before the january break that i take every year well i have the past few years certainly um i think we'll be starting a new show i don't know i might it might be Bourbon Street Beat, fingers crossed, hopefully Masquerade, and just a one-off episode of something. It's the holidays, maybe something holiday-related, and then we'll start the new show in the new year, in February. I'm not sure yet, but thanks again for listening. I want to hope you enjoyed the episode. Sorry um, Sorry about the lack of Masquerade, but it will return. we got three episodes left. We will cover them. And uh, let's see. Listen to this. <laughs>
2: with me but if you want <laughs>